We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, Jonathan Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast, where we cover only the best teams in basketball. Three and one. Uh, fifth ranked offense in the league, I think. Uh, eighth ranked defense. Net rating somewhere in between those two numbers. I mean, um, things are pretty good here in New York. And because things are pretty good, and we wanted to to end this week with a bang. Um, we brought back friend of the pod. I love talking to her so much because she gives. I was just telling Andrew because we just finished the conversation a little while ago. She gives you absolutely the best answers. Like there are cookie cutter answers that some you know people will say on like podcasts and on TV and whatnot. Not Monica. Monica McNutt um, will give you genuine, like real. I, it's it's the fact that she's been around the league and she's talked to so many players and she's had so many behind the scenes conversations that she's probably like forgotten about. Um, just a plus stuff from her. Tons of insight that I really it made me it's continuing to make me think about this team as we move forward into this season that has started off very well. Um, so, yes, Monica McNutt of, of course, ESPN and uh, MSG. That is it. I am done filibustering. Here's my conversation with the one and only Monica McNutt. Joining me now, a returning guest. I, I just my my smile goes ear to ear every time <laughs> I, I get on with it because we always have fun. We always have a lot of laughs. We always get to, you know we've good hoops conversations. Um, you could see her on uh, such places as uh, ESPN <laughs> and MSG Network, uh, covering the Knicks and uh, the NBA and just talking sports and doing a fantastic job of it. Uh, Monica McNutt, how how are you? Macri, it's good to be back, friend. What's up, Andrew, in the background over there? Hey, friend. <laughs> Andrew feels so honored. I, I Not many people come on and they give Andrew the hello, and you did, and now he's blushing. It's great. Just made my day. Thank you, Monica. Well, to be fair, the last episode of the pod that I was fortunate enough to listen to as I, I was working out, I think, was led by one Andrew Claudio. So he's the last voice I remember on this pod. <laughs> As it should now I'm playing. <laughs> he he does he does all the all the heavy lifting. He's the he's the real hero of, of the pod, <laughs> needless to say. Um 
we'll, we'll talk about the Knicks in a second, but I always like to start with you and and because I just love watching your your journey from afar. Um, how have things been? I mean, your pop. It's like I turn on the TV, I, I scroll Twitter, or whatever. It's like. I see you doing some talking about some, some, you know, team player, whatever, all these different formats. I mean, you're, you're all over the place. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's good though. It's good. I'm not going to lie. I had like a weekend of like, what's about to happen as I watched my schedule fill up after a very beautiful summer. Um, but now that we're starting to get into the rhythm, it's, you know, it's seasonal. We're back in season. And so yeah. I think what's cool for me now is showing up places and players and coaches are like, yo, what's up? You know what I mean? Like, kind of continue to earn that respect because above anything, that matters to me. People that love the game, and not that we have to agree, but yep. I respect where you came from. Um, people that I respect, then, of course, being able to inspire young folks behind me. So we're good. I'm enjoying the ride. I did want to ask you because it's something that I uh, personally just like struggle with because like I, f- I feel like when you cover a team or you focus on one team, um, in order to do that to the best of your abilities, like you have to pay attention to the other 29 teams in the league at large. You, in your role and all your many different hats that you wear, you, it's a one step further because you're actually, you're literally covering all of the teams, you mm-hmm. know, for like ESPN. And, but at the same time, like the Knicks are still, I, I would think your main focus, how do you find it uh, difficult to achieve that balance at times? Cause again, I know your schedule is, is insane. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I think I I hosted a podcast for Junior NBA last year was my second year with them. And we had I can't think of her, her name at the moment, but we had the head coach of Florida women's basketball. Gotcha. And she basically had this concept. I don't know. I've heard it before, but I don't know why it felt so earth shattering coming from her. And it was this idea that heart is neutral. Mm. Right. Like heart is neutral. Fit is neutral. So, hell, yeah, it's tricky to keep up with all these teams. Right. Like and you throw in women's college basketball in the mix. Like, absolutely. It's difficult. But like it was difficult when I so desperately wanted this job and couldn't and felt like I couldn't get there, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, but I think that's a neutral for me. So, yeah, I'm living, you know, there I will say like Wednesday I was at Nets Bucks in Milwaukee and both the Nets sideline reporter and Bucks sideline reporter are good friends. And so we got a chance to powwow and I'm looking at them like I'm so jealous of y'all because I feel like you get the chance to be embedded and get these really good stories. And me popping in and out on the national scene is kind of hit or miss. Um, but you know, and then the same time they're like, well, you get to get away from these fools and we stuck with them. So count your blessings too. So it's all I was about to say, like, isn't the grass always green? Like I, I know for me when the Knicks are bad, which spoiler alert <laughs> happens sometimes. Um, I, I like, I want, I, there are times when I'm writing a newsletter and, or I'm you know, doing a pod and I'm like, man, it would be cool to talk about like, any number of other teams right now. But at the same time, I I'm I know I'm lucky because like I I if I am have expertise in this one or whatever counts as expertise in this one team, it's like I, I could pet I could it's passable. I, I don't think there's a right answer, I guess is what I'm saying. Right. Right. I, I agree with you. I think you deal with what's on your plate, the cards that are in front of you, you know what I'm saying? And I think for all of us that get to make a living off of a passion, first yeah. of all, that's a privilege in and of itself. Like yeah. let's just start there. Agreed. Very, very <laughs> well said. Uh, so uh, let's talk about the Knicks. Um, let's do it. I, as we sit here Thursday, four seventeen p.m., uh, they are they are three and one uh, after four games. 
I did just look it up before and I tweeted it out that the defensive ratings of the four teams that they have played are all in the bottom 13 of the NBA. Uh, the next two teams that they're playing, including one that you just witnessed up close and personal the other night, are ranked number one and number two in Milwaukee and Cleveland. Um, with the caveat that maybe the schedule has not been that difficult. Do you think it's OK at this point to feel I mean, you alluded to it already to feel pretty you know, pretty good. Dare I say excited about, about what this team is and where it could go. It's a long season, Macri. And I'll have to tell you that. Absolutely. It's okay. Um, and you know this, I love Nick fans. I think that they are intelligent, passionate. Like I just respect y'all have ridden through it all. Um, but enjoy it while it's up, baby. <laughs> Cause yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like the rain might come for sure, but don't pull out the umbrellas yet. It's not raining. Um, I think, you made a great point. And I was very like, okay, super rational coming into the season, but this opening run feels really good. And I'm like, wait a minute, like slow your roll a little bit. Um, because I think in a vacuum, yes, the Knicks have looked great. Then we think about the moves that were made across the rest of the East. And it's yeah. like, this is still a handful of games and we got a long season at play, but I think there's a lot of promise that we've seen in these first few games. And that's a good thing. You know, you just brought it up and I'm, I, wasn't going to ask about this, but like might as well, like you, the, the moves across the East. I, I wonder how challenging it's going to be both for the Knicks to maintain perspective this season and for like the fans to maintain perspective this season, because it's very clear that the team is better, but you know, would they, you know, would they've gotten a win last night? If it wasn't against the Hornets, would they've gotten a win two nights before that? If it wasn't against the magic. And like, I know other people have said this, but they could be, better they might be significantly better and the record might not reflect that um like i i don't know are you okay with that or how, how do you see that kind of dynamic playing out i am okay with that because i think again speaking to the astuteness of these fans in terms of growth it's okay to look at it in a vacuum right yeah because i do think that this team is better did they get so much better that I'm confident that they're going to be 10, nine, eight. I haven't seen enough of Cleveland yet. Like, I don't know what's going on in Chicago and Charlotte. Like that was a Charlotte team. that was a little bit depleted that took overtime oh. to take care of business. You know what I mean? Like, a little bit. Right. A, <laughs> a little bit. Right. Um, so yes, I think, and I think that's smart to make that observation. The team got better period point blank. Cause you got a point guard, a legit point guard. Right. Well, we're we're going to talk about him soon. But the East is also crazy. Like, I somebody asked me for predictions. You just see me with, like, papers and pencils. Like, well, who do I buy? Like, where? How's this going to shake out? The East is crazy. I, I don't know. Even, like, Indiana. Like, I've, I've turned them on a few times. Like, yeah, they're, they're talent depleted and they're playing some young guys. But, like, Tyrese Halliburton's out there putting up whatever he is, 24 and 10 with, like, a 57 effective field goal percentage. And like that dude's out there and he, they have some, some other guys. I know miles Turner's only played a game and they're like un, undeniably probably the worst team in the conference. And then it just gets, gets harder from there. Um, I back to Jalen Brunson. You mentioned him already. There's been obviously this conversation about the Knicks finally have a point guard and that's a big deal. And cause we haven't had one in forever and the whole thing, how much in your eyes as someone who has played the sport is is it they have a point guard or they have a guy who can get you a bucket reliably when you need a bucket? And is there, you know, is it a little bit of both? Like, because to me, 
when he's come up biggest this season, like, yes, it's the leadership and the demeanor and like making the right play and all the little things he does. But it's also like, man, I don't know where else we're getting offense for him right now. Oh, wait, <laughs> we have him. So it's like, to me, it's a little bit of both. Um, I agree with you that it's both. If I had to throw percentages, I'd probably go 40. No, nah, I think it's less than that. Probably like 30 that maybe split the difference. 35 that we have a point guard. And then I'm bad at math. The rest of those numbers are it being him <laughs> <I like it. laughs> and his like, because I, I don't know that Jalen gets enough praise for his demeanor, for his yeah. big shot ability, like for his mindset toward leadership. Like we mentioned the national stuff for me. I'm having a conversation with folks all over the place, mainly across town about this idea of leadership and like Oof. whatever you subscribe to as far as leadership goes, Jalen Brunson is what you want. Yes. Right. Um, and, and it is not brashy or overstated. It's this is what we're going to do. Now watch me like period. And I think that is so unheralded, I guess, in him, because like you said, everybody's like, oh, we just got a point guard. Well, it, can, it can't quite just be any point guard like this. This young man is uniquely built for New York. How many players around the league who have his type of sh- I'm going to be really specific shot making ability have I don't want to call it humility. That's that's not the right word, but like you phrased it better than I can. He's like low key. He, I, I brought it up on the pod after the last night's game. Um, Rebecca uh, asked him. Uh, so uh, you you had this amazing game. And this and that first words out of his mouth. I have great teammates. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like that's not a common quality among the best players in the league. I will say Malcolm Brogdon is like that. And I think he's really good as a point guard. Kyle Lowry is like that, although he gives you a little more personality. Like Jalen almost feels like regimented. Um, Giannis is crazy on the team and humility kick. It's almost like, dude, are you serious? Like, are you serious right now? He's one of Um, one, though. yeah. Yeah. But when it comes to like, Point guards, Malcolm, Kyle are the first guys that come to mind. Darius Garland has some of that. Okay. Um, guys that are just very low-key, matter-of-fact, at that point guard position. Um, Do you think that makes for better leadership? Easier leadership? Okay, so let me... Before I answer this, I'll give you this story. I was talking to Steph Curry on a preseason game, right? Okay. And, you know, there's big names on that net squad, but then you got these guys that are, like, legit and are going to be important for what the Nets are doing. But he pointed out to me how many superstars he's played alongside. Right? Like Dame, Luca, Luca, Luca. now with this crew. Um, And it just got me to thinking there's the skill of being likable and easy to work with is another thing, unheralded. Right? And so I don't know that it makes you necessarily a better leader, but it certainly makes you more approachable, from the front office down to the folks on the team. Drew Holiday is like that as well, I would say, oh, in terms of the, the low-key guys that are point guard spot. And so, but, and then as these guys that we're talking about, you look and their numbers are undeniable too. So it's not like, I'm going to grab this dude because he's easy to get along with, but he's a bum. That's not yeah. what we're saying. Like, it's yeah. not what we're saying at all. And so I do think, particularly at that position in a league where, I mean, who, who are your bombastic point guards? Dame, Luca, Ja? Like, other than that, Trey, that's true. Yeah, there's, there's, well, yeah, Trey, Trey. I think bomb. He has some bombast. That's it. <laughs> I mean, Luca, Luca. I said 
Luca. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you but said I'm, Luca. Okay. Yeah. I did say Luca, but I'm but I'm saying it's still very much a two a two guard league in my mind, right? Like there's still this okay. thing guess- with the. He strikes me as so low maintenance and and that. And to me, that's like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, I've been watching like Durant and LeBron for too many years. No offense against those wonderful human beings, but they do. I would not describe either of them as like low maintenance. And I feel Mm -hmm. like this generation, God knows you would know better than me. I, I think this generation of stars takes their cues from, from those guys about how they go about their business. And that's, that's, kind of why I was going towards like it's it's a rarity what what you're seeing from Jalen Brunson. But Jalen Brunson is not built like those guys. He's you know, is a massive chip on his shoulder because he was a second round pick. Yeah, second round pick. I don't you know and you know what is interesting, Macri, as I'm thinking about conversations with guys, because even in a conversation of leader and um style, you even got to separate KD and LeBron. Sure. Yeah. Right. And so I don't know. I'm I'm now I'm literally thinking of like sort of Jalen's class of guys that are who would be considered LeBron-esque personality-wise. Like, I think more of them are trend trend closer to Jalen, at least front-facing with the media. Oh, maybe. And like, I don't know. Now, now we're on a whole nother, like... No, maybe. Here. No, you know what? You might be right. Maybe this younger... This younger... And the, and the league has certainly trended... You know, it, it's getting younger, you know, the yeah. guys, you know, the Hardens and the Chris Pauls and the the Russes and are are starting to kind of age out. Um mm-hmm. yeah, and, and they're like these like Ja, he seems to be like the guy that if you're gonna look at right now is like, okay, who would you want leading your team? Maybe not he's might not be the best player for the next five, ten years. Right. But I bet I bet you there'll be a lot of guys that would vote for like, yeah, let me go play behind that dude. Um but I think he he approaches everything with a certain amount of poise but he's also got some he's got some shit to him so yeah oh facts facts but I, but what i would say and we'd probably need to talk i know you were around like i think first of all the whole thing in memphis is really unique but the yes. way that ja has his teams back is probably uh-huh. a lot more like Jalen behind the scenes but he's happy to like you said to put a shit on when it's time to talk track Whereas you hear these stories about, I mean, it's the Michael Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, like DNA, right? Where these guys demand so much of you, they're maybe not as easy to get along with. I'm not saying that Jalen or Ja or any of these guys that we're talking about allow their teams to slouch behind the scenes. But I do think that as we enter literally and watch the changing of the guard in the league, there's a different style of leadership. It, it means something different to be a teammate to younger guys. And that's what we're, I think we're seeing. I, I, as someone who like eats all the culture stuff up, I cannot, I, I think about this stuff all the time. I love it. Um, speaking of culture, um, the culture was not great around the Knicks last season and, <laughs> or it didn't seem, let me, ref- I shouldn't say that from the outside looking in, there were times where you, you thought maybe think, you know, everything was not hunky dory. Um, and much of the blame for that went on, on Julius Randall. Um, or at least maybe he was the, the embodiment of, the the bad uh you know the bad vibes uh around the team he seems very happy seems his head's in a great place this year um how much are you taking from what we've seen from him both it, the just his play his how he's going about his business um where where are you out with Julius this year thank you Jalen so far <laughs> 
It's that, yeah, I love it. That's right. It's just thank you, Jalen. That's great. Very, very simple. Listen, it's stressful for all of us to be doing stuff out of position. Now, granted, I, there was certainly some puzzling moments from Drew last year, and he's a great dude off the court, father, husband, the whole bit, philanthropist. Um, but I think more than anything, when I saw him last year, he was out of position. He was stressed. He was doing repeating the same thing that wasn't working, and so slightly insane, right? Like. And that was, unfortunately, a little bit of a necessity because, as you pointed out, now you've got Jalen who can hit a, who can hit big time baskets when you need him. Last year we had question marks on who was hot or what the play was yes. going to be, but in his mind, as the at the time reigning most improved player, it was still his responsibility. But the last year's season was not the season prior, both from his game and the way the teams were playing him. So I think we all have we all agree. When he keeps it simple, he's at his best. Yes. And this year, he's been able to keep it simple. Straight to the basket, less than four dribbles. Like, you cannot challenge how strong he is when he's in the right places. We just got to get him to the right places consistently. Thank you, Jalen. Um, I know he didn't shoot it well last night, but, and, you know, he's, you know, he'll, it's, it's Julius. And after the year he had last year, if he has one bad game, he's going to get critiqued. And there was some of that last night, but I, I have no problem defending him up and down because every one of those shots, I felt the process was good. I felt like he was attacking, like, again, no, no long mid rangers, no commandeering the offense in a way that's not, you know, really healthy. Um, I love that. You, I'm assuming you think he's pretty happy about the fact that Jalen Brunson is, is here on this team. Absolutely. I think everybody's happy. Like, I think even Derek Rose is happy. Like, I, I think everybody's happy. How could you not be? If you're not, you probably need to be traded because, like, you're. No, you're not pulling in the same direction as everybody else. Um, I agree with you, though. And I think shots come and go, but process is important. Yep. And besides me wanting to pull out my little short hair over the turnovers last night. Oh, God. Um, they, were, they were particularly it wasn't the number of them. The matter timing, it, the, timing, the way it's it was all bad. It was none of it. Was like, good. Evan, are you going to catch the ball? No, you're not going to catch the ball. Right. As we about, OK, cool. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Anyway, so I think, and I, this is why, what was frustrating for me last year, and this is why, again, to your earlier question, go ahead and be happy and enjoy where we are last year. Because I, I felt like this time last year, I was like, uh-oh. Now I'm like, okay, like, maybe, you know, yeah. because you could already see last year where the process was kind of set up for these lulls that were just not sustainable. Yes. This year, to, the, to your point, I still need to figure out some things in that second unit, but the process to me is a little more smoother. You're back to a squad that's going to have an identity. I love the energy and the focus that's been put in transition because I keep saying it. I don't care what level of basketball you're playing. You got to find some easy baskets. Um, And so I'm encouraged. I want to see them maintain that uh, transition urgency uh, in, in transition throughout the season. They're 13th in effective field goal percentage right now, which is a little higher than I think is sustainable for them. Um, so that's a little worrisome. But at the same time, like they're last at getting to the line in the league. I saw that before and I was like, wow, that, I didn't realize oh. it was that. Yeah. So that'll go up. So I think, yeah. you know, even with the Singer competition, I'm, I'm hopeful, um, you know, that they could get around some of the, you know, spacing concerns in the starting five. Hey, guys, quick break to tell you about Factor. 
Factor makes it easy to eat clean 24-7 with fresh, never-frozen, prepared meals that are so delicious you wouldn't believe they're actually good for you. Factor saves you time by delivering chef-crafted meals to your doorstep, eliminating the hassle of grocery shopping and meal prep. Not to mention cleanup. No dishes to wash here. Each Factor meal arrives pre-prepared and ready to eat in two minutes. That's even faster than ordering in. Factor tackles the tough stuff so I don't have to. Their registered dietitians and expert chefs work hand-in-hand to create meals with nutritious ingredients. And with 29 meal options each week, I'm never bored. Going off script for this next part to tell you just how convenient and delicious I've found Factor. My to-do list is usually never ending. I rarely have time for meal prep. When Factor sent me a box to test out, I chose the extra protein option. They sent me a week's worth of meals and I had no idea just how convenient this was going to be. Each meal comes pre-prepared. You just put it in the microwave for two minutes, wait another two minutes for it to cool down, and boom, in four minutes, my meal is ready and it's delicious as well. Last night while I was editing this podcast, I heated up the pork shepherd's pie with white cheddar Yukon mash and roasted green beans. Not only was the prep time non-existent, but I was able to get a lunch break in and still get the podcast out for all of you to hear without taking a significant break. They have plenty of other meal options as well. There's vegan and veggie meals, keto, low-calorie options, cold-pressure juices, smoothies, energy bites, plant-based bars, extra protein, the one I chose, veggie sides, and more to keep you fueled and focused all day long. Don't hesitate. Head to go.factor75.com slash filmschool60 and use code filmschool60 to get 60% off your first box. That's code filmschool60 at go.factor75.com slash filmschool60 to get 60% off your first box. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh my god! Ow! Oh! Ouch! Oh no! It's a bloodbath in here! There's gotta be a way to keep my dagger clean and shiny safely than this! This is what I used to deal with when I cut myself shaving before I knew about Manscaped. Which is why I now say thank you, Manscaped, for keeping my dagger slick and ready for wherever the night takes me. Manscaped is trusted by over 6 million men worldwide. 
Join the movement by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code FILMSCHOOL. It's time to end the days where shaving your balls becomes the final scene of a horror movie. The folks at Manscaped have the perfect package for your package to get this done. The below-the-waist grooming leaders have a fourth-generation performance package. Inside, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, liquid formulations, and two free gifts. Spooky season is here and Manscaped is getting you set, starting with the Lawnmower 4.0. This fourth-generation trimmer also features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. Also included is their Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer is here to whack your weeds and any goblins that come your way. Both the lawnmower and the weed whacker are waterproof. So in the comfort of your own home or in wild waters, these tools are your best friends. Speaking of your best friends, don't forget to give your testies besties the love they desire with Manscaped's liquid formulations. First is the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. Hey, you put deodorant under your armpits, why not put deodorant on your balls? And can't forget about the Crop Reviver Ball Reviver to give your boys a boost. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Spend spooky season using the best tools for the job at Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with promo code FILMSCHOOL at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code FILMSCHOOL. Slay your worst pubes and keep your dagger clean during spooky season at Manscaped. Uh, You mentioned the bench. Uh, Everybody loves the bench. Bench, you know... That's the one point of divisiveness, even this season, as things are good. It's like Obi's not really getting a lot of time. And, you know, what's going to happen when Quentin Grimes comes back is someone that, you know, we don't want to go on the bench, going to go on the bench. Do you, again, having spent so much time around this team and around this league, do you think those issues, if they are issues, and I don't know that they are, maybe you could talk to that as well, are the type of thing that could negatively impacts their, again, all the good vibes that are going on right now. You know, you want to call it like the, the disease of more, like guys wanting mm-hmm. more, a bigger piece of the pie. Where How do you see that playing out? Hmm. I think for me, if you got a basketball team and you don't have a touch of the disease of more, like you don't have people trying to compete. Okay. Right. And so I, I think there's a healthy, where are my minutes? And then there are like my coach used to say, well, you got to go take some ice minutes, right? Like as much as Quentin has shown us, I mean, I need more of Cam from Memphis than, than Cam from Charlotte. But like if Cam is rolling, like when well, you got to go take those minutes and that's fine. That's healthy to me. That's competition. Um, I <laughs> the, the tricky part in this and when we have the conversation as fans is like fan favorites versus actual production. <laughs> Which gets a little, it's a little murky sometimes. Um, but I, this early, because think back to last year, this early, I don't know that Tibbs was given the second unit this kind of rain. Um, yeah, I, don't, I don't think he, he, I mean, quickly, certainly getting a lot of minutes. And Cam, you know, finished the game last night um, after Evan fouled out, but, you know, still. Uh, so I'm, I'm okay. I think you got to let it play out. I think you got to, and, and the reality of basketball is matchups will also continue to dictate, right? Like there yes. may be a game that's better suited for Cam than Quentin. That's better suited for Evan than, than quick. Like you would rather have tools that are sharp and ready to contribute than like not. 
So I don't have an issue with the depth of the bench. I don't have an issue with guys wanting to be on the floor. If you want to be on the floor, don't waste the time on the floor. And then if you want to be on the floor, go bust somebody's ass in practice. That's the way the game goes. <laughs> That's why I love talking to you. Um, I'm going to ask you a couple of specific things and then we'll, we'll get you out of here uh, soonish because, again, I know your schedule is crazy because um, people will be mad at me if I don't ask you these questions. So it's, again, in my self-interest to cover my rear end. <laughs> the the li- I, I'm going to call it a log jam because I don't know what else to call it. Assuming at some point, ho- hopefully, knock on, knock on wood, um, Quentin Grimes gets healthy. There, there would seem to be too many rotation players for a 10 man rotation and no coach likes to go past 10 and certainly not Tom Thibodeau. Uh, Is there like something that you would expect to happen? Are you just in, I'm I'm in the dark and you could tell me like one of three or four things could happen. And I don't feel great about predicting any of them. So I'll just, I'll put it to you. Like, do you have any thoughts on that situation? Um, I have not, I'm not really in the mix in terms of what I'm, what's being speculated around the building. I will say, and I think we all know this because Quentin's name was in some of the other deals this summer. Yes. Folks around the league like him. Yeah. And I think to get something, you got to give something. So I think that's kind of where it ends for me. And I'll otherwise be in the same boat as you in terms of watching and waiting. Um, I wonder, was Jeff having this, were we having this conversation with Jeff last night? One of our road trips, somebody brought up um, a more traditional big for this um, team. Oh, that's interesting. Who was I talking? Who was I talking to? And it, I, I had the same reaction. I was like, mm, I, "Okay." I mean, but if you are if you are going to move yeah. one of those guys, I don't know what you got. I don't. I don't have any answers. I've been. I've been struggling with this. Um, in terms of the more traditional big thing, I know there's a guy down on 95 whose team is currently uh, one and four. I I don't think I don't think Philadelphia is looking to trade Joel Embiid anytime soon. But like that's that's a that's my that's always that's for years been my long term. He's always been the guy I've had my eye on long term. Like I he, oh yeah, I'm all in on. I I think Joel Embiid one of these years. I don't know when it's going to be. And maybe it's just because of the Philly thing. I think he's going to pull a, a Moses in 83 and he's just going to put a team on his back. And he's like, you know what? Screw this. Get out of my way. I'm going to go win the championship now. And I think he has the talent to do it. And I, I, I worry about the health. But if that dude ever got antsy enough to like demand out, oh, I would give up. I mean, take take whatever you want, because I would like I like him. I've always liked Joel Embiid. I had never considered that. Philly would even let that happen, but they I probably, will say I that, mean, they probably won't, but no, never know. I, I will say that he was my MVP pick this year and I'm, I'm not going to be too alarmed by their one and four start. Certainly. I just, think it's, I just think it's time. I think it's time and they're going to get together. God, if they don't figure it out, we're, we're distracted from the team we're supposed to be talking about, but like, what the hell if they don't figure it out? I'm no, we can get distracted for half a second. Uh, okay. Lakers, Lakers, Nets, uh, Sixers, uh, who are you most worried about and who are you least worried about? Lakers, Sixers least. The Lakers Nets are gonna be Sixers so, least. The, the Nets are just going to be somewhere in the middle. Like, there's something to be said for having talent, right? But just as we just spent 10 minutes gushing over Jalen and comparing guys to him, there's also something to be said for camaraderie, the ease with which we 
a play with one another, the ease in a locker room, the stress off a head coach. Like nobody would question the talent of Katie and Kyrie. It's everything else. And does their talent outweigh everything else? I don't know. We're going to find out. There is a lot of the everything else going around. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a whole lot of everything else, bro. (laughs) Um, Before we finish up, I want to ask you about RJ. We haven't haven't brought up his name yet. Um, He just got, uh, as Mitch would call it, he just got a little bag. Um, (laughs) Maybe a little bit bigger than a little bag. He's a medium-sized bag. Uh, he's, he's struggling this year with, you know, you could say he's struggling with the shot at the rim. You could say he's struggling with making the right decisions with the shot from outside. To me, I look at a guy who may be struggling with his place on this team, potentially his place in this league. Like, it, he was a number one. He was a 30-usage guy for whatever it was, 50 games last year. And now he's, you know, Drew's clearly kind of picking up where he, where he left off and Jalen's here and Jalen's doing what Jalen's doing. Do you, where, where is your worry scale at for RJ Barrett? Um, and do you attribute it to the same thing that I attributed to, or do are you somewhere else on him? Um, I got it pegged more as just we're five games in, four games in, four games in nothing. Four, we're yeah. four games in. Uh, I'm not really worried about RJ. I think that likability, easy to work with, being a skill, like applies to RJ. I'm not worried. Okay. I think when we talk about those three, if that's our big three, Drew needed this start, Jalen needed this start, RJ's okay. Like okay. he can handle it in my mind. Cause Lord knows if Drew had gotten onto a terrible start or like oh, Jalen had. You know what I mean? Like, think about it. And well, so I, I, think- I wouldn't worry about Jalen. If if Julius had gotten off to a terrible start, I that you would wouldn't have worried about Jalen because you're a smart basketball person. Everybody else would be like, we overpaid and blah, blah, blah. What are the next doing? Like, oh, it's just been awful, right? That's true. Um, That's true. So I think, I do think you're right in that he's going to have to learn his spots in this rotation. But as much as I love Drew, like, is this the version of him that's here to stay? Or like, is he going to help open the door for RJ to figure out where, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, we don't have to question whether or not RJ is going to be on the floor. I do think that he's going to have to stay in the, in the gym. That three-point percentage is, you know, it kind of fluctuates. I think if he had more of that sniper ability that we could bank on, it would be coming a little bit easier. But he's going to finish at the rim. Like, he's going to get to the free throw line. Like, all of that is coming, and so I'm not overly alarmed. What I think would be interesting, and, you know, he said this last year, he reiterated it again this year to me, is if he can hang his hat on the defensive end, and what does that create for him? That's far easier said than done in any sport other than maybe football because you don't have to play both sides of the ball. Um, but I think he's and he's smart enough basketball wise and just as a as a young man, I think RJ is great. He can figure it out. Like, I'm not worried about him. OK, um, last thing I'm going to let you go. Uh, you did an amazing job uh, hosting. I don't I was about to say media day. <laughs> it's not media day content <laughs> content day there we go uh that was it was fun uh watching you talk to everybody and and kind of you know getting the guys to open up a little bit i really enjoyed that um it, again i know we talked about the vibe of this team right now and it's early and everything's good right now do you do you think it, it's real do you think this team genuinely because like it's it felt like the team two years ago there was something about them 
that they really just coalesced and there was what I don't know what you want to call it, but it was some something real that we hadn't seen in this town in a long time. Do you think this team could have some of those same qualities? Is it different? But the you know results might be similar. What 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 did you have you come away you know with thinking about how, where this team is at in that sense? I think this team is just like us, Macri. Like I don't know about you, but I've lately been in a bunch of conversations about what we learned in the pandemic. Two years ago was like peak peak pandemic time. Like I was great with my outdoor workouts with my cousins in the pandemic because that's all we could do, right? Yeah. So like I think there's an element of whether we like it or not, there were some positive byproducts for this team from that pandemic experience. Then last year we was outside and it looked a little different between fans back in the building, life opening back up, like other teams being competitive, like it just looked a little different. So to me, I'll take this team over the team of two years ago because I think they've had to go through some things. Okay. There's this great, there's this great note. Let me see if I can find it real quick before I let you go. But I, we, we were sure. like looking at teams that returned um, the most from like last season. Oh, return the most players. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure they were. I, I've had, while well, you're looking, I've had this thought recently, but specifically in a Knicks context, because especially over the last 20 plus years, you look at the roster, like you go, like if you skip over a year and you like look at the roster every two years, oftentimes you'll see like a guy or two guys yeah. that yeah. are the same. And now you look at this team versus two years ago. I mean, it's, you know, it's a lot of continuity. Yeah. Okay. So they're not as high up as I thought because Milwaukee returned 12 players. Then you got the Clippers, Toronto, Chicago, the Pelicans, Miami, and Charlotte that all returned 11. And then Miami returns 10. So I think the Knicks fall under that. But, but the point is there's a core here yeah. that experienced those two years together. Tibbs is still here. Like the biggest piece was the piece that you needed and you got literally like the perfect guard in that spot in Jalen. So I'll take this team over the team of two years ago. I do think it's real, but like we said earlier in the conversation, growth and progress may not translate in the standings. And I just, that is more of a commentary on how deep and how tough the East is as opposed to what the Knicks did or didn't do to improve this season. All right. Well, last one, who's your pick to come out of the East? The Bucks, all day. I got the Bucks over everybody. See, Andrew, I told you I was smart. Bro, like, Giannis <laughs> is just different. Like, he's different, and it just flows down from, like... It's my MVP pick, too. So, it's between him and Joel for me, and I, I went with Joel. I don't, I don't care what they say, Macri. Like, that's a narrative award. And they're not going to let that man be this close, like, two years in a row. And if he has a decent season, not pull it out. I don't care what nobody said. I agree it is a narrative-based award. My my counter to that very briefly is that I think the narrative around Giannis has gotten to the point where it's like he won those back-to-back MVPs. And now since then, it's even solidified that much more that like, oh, wait, this guy's the best guy player in the sport. And I you know, it's he is 100% the best player in the sport. Like when you talk two way play, the whole thing. So I feel like there might be a narrative around rewarding, rewarding his continued improvement Continue since yeah. the two MVPs. And like, you know, we put him in some exclusive company as well if he gets the third. But I, I hear yeah. what you're saying on Joel. That's a good, no, that, and that's a good point. Cause like even last night, um, and this is what I mean by him being different. I asked him because, 
What's, what are we doing this on a Thursday to 27? To date, he's had two 40 and 10 games. Combined, the rest of the league has had one. <laughs> so, like, this dude is, like, head and shoulders above the competition. And I'm with you. It's important that we not become apathetic. I think Jordan got hit with some of that. LeBron has been hit with some of that because we just get accustomed to their greatness. So yeah. I hear you on that. But if you give me anything close, Joel and Giannis, I think it, the nod goes to Joel. I agree. If it's close, I could, I could see the... Man, can you imagine if he finished second three years in a row? That would be... Bruh. That's a, Blow it all up coming to New York. <laughs> you need a bigger market, baby. You need a bigger market. Get out of Philly. Cheesesteaks are overrated there. Um, Monica McNutt, you're amazing. Could you just, before you go, let the folks at home, as if anybody didn't know, where they could uh, find you, hear you, see you, read you, you read your tweets, whatever. Uh, social McNutt, Monica, I'm obviously rolling with. My Knicks squad schedule is a little funky this year. I think I'm back in November 9th. I'll be back in studio with those guys. Okay. And I'll be popping up around on ESPN until then. I love it. Well, I'll be watching, listening, the whole thing. Um, it was a pleasure as always. I love talking to you. Seriously. Thanks for having me. This was the best DM ever, Claudia. I'm like, sure, I'll come do the pod. <laughs> Very welcome, Monica. I call, the best. I call these mom in law episodes because like it's tough when we do what we do and it's like I'm on YouTube, but there's a podcast, which is like the radio, but it's not. <laughs> and it's as simple as pointing to the TV. Oh, she was on this show. Like it's that simple. What I like try to explain to my fiance's mom what I do for a living. It's like oh, we'll yeah, tell she, mom in law. I said hey. I will do. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Virginia. That'll make her day. Say hi, Virginia. Hi, Virginia. Hi, Virginia. <laughs> Love it. All right. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Monica. She really is the best. Um, go and watch her and follow her, whatever she's doing, because she just she's good people. She's awesome. And uh, of course, as a reminder, we will be on before and after the Bucks game for pre and post game festivities, um, as well as KFS study hall on Saturday morning, where you can <laughs> where you can check the old Knicks film school Twitter feed to uh, get uh, get the, the link to that on Twitter spaces. And then on Sunday after the Cavs game, uh, Jeremy and I will be together doing a combo, you know, usual podcast with the with the post game show. So, um, Andrew, you think they win one of these next two games? No. Wow. <laughs> Just talk about someone who has been absolute. His his sports fandom heart has been crushed and beaten into a pulp. It has. By, just. Actually, hold on. I'll push back. I'll push back. I believed in that baseball team until I stopped watching baseball for years for a long time, John. Okay. And now my football team is headed into a matchup with the Patriots on Sunday. And I'm actually very confident. So I'm just being realistic. The Cavs and the Bucks are very good. And we're going on the road. And you want to talk about Kool-Aid drinking. They win one of those games. Some Kool-Aid will be drank. Oh, my God. On, we'll, on this weekend, John. Uh, what goes up comes down. That's all. If they get one of these two, I'll be, I'll be excited. Some Kool-Aid will be drank. Yes. Yes. Um, and then I'm we're already... going Because then I'm going full, like, asshole Jets fan. Because if the Jets beat the Patriots and we beat, like, Donovan Mitchell on Sunday, then, like, look out, Trey Young. We're coming for you. Look out, Joel Embiid. We're coming for you and taking you back with us. All of the above is happening. Wow. In that case. Wow. Yes. I think we'll end it there. Uh, thanks for checking out another episode of the Next Film School podcast. We will be back with you with more fun and games before you know it. 
I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.